Diablo Bang. that if you um what is what is the peter pan thing like if you if you whistle a gypsy dies no (laughs) (laughs) no if uh, the bell ring is it's the fairies like every time life this american life yeah well what's the fairy thing in the in the original peter pan like not the disney movie in the play you the audience has Tinkerbell speaks, yeah. and the audience has to clap. Ooh, interactive theater! In order, gotcha. No, Peter, yeah, Peter Pan speaks, and it's you know if you don't clap, the fair the fairy dies. So everybody has to clap in the audience to wake Tinkerbell up. I, I that was a long way of getting like if we clap, maybe Selma will come back to life for episode twenty two. And haunt us for all that we've said about her. I also, I, I do have, because it is not a Valentine's Day episode of Night Court, however, it is an epi- like a Valentine's Day episode of us recording. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did right. A learn, oh, I did a little research right. yeah. of our, our dearly beloved Valentine, Selma. Mm, always. And there oh, is nice. a, a spoiler alert. So this is a spoiler alert. She will be with us for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. It's one episode. Because she was in treatment, which is most Uh likely why, at Mayo Clinic, which is most likely why she missed the previous episode. But she died four days after completion of the season. Oh, God. Good for her. So literally, episode 22... The last scene we see her in, she's like three days and fifty nine hours away from the grave. So as my Ugh. as my research shows, it's like that she porno missed with the HIV. Sorry, oh, God. God. <laughs> she yeah. So she missed the last episode, most likely because she was getting treatment oh, or sick. But oh, if you notice no. now in this episode, she has a lot more makeup on, and I think yeah. it's because she was doing chemo so you're super super weak she's she's one tough cookie good for her i and i expect this is a three-way pact when we're riddled with cancer we need to finish this podcast (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) can you imagine having that limited amount of time and being like i mean because i i'm i just i feel like and and things change, so who knows how I'll feel tomorrow. But I could be on the most successful show, like most fulfilling show. But it is a show, right? Like, wouldn't it, you rather just like uh, James Garfield it and get put on a bed looking out in the Jersey Bay? Just like a little more peace. Like she had to deal with fucking well, camps on set and shit. Right, she had to be back in L.A. I think it's number one. I have theories because I, I did a lot of research on Selma today. And yeah. to tell you the truth, I didn't find like anything that we don't know or haven't discussed. Like gotcha. there are no cool tidbits that I drops of knowledge that I, I can give well, you. You just dropped a pretty big one. That, but that, yeah, that, yeah, that was, that was the one I found. The episodes, that's for sure. But from... 
when she died and it was, you know, listed in the L.A. Times, the New York Times, so on and so forth, you know, it talks about her writing career and then later comedian acting career and so on and so forth. Um, And, you know, a lot of little tidbits of like, you know, she wasn't that great in a writer's room because the men didn't respect her, but also she was really terse. Like she just gave those one liners like so on and so forth. But what I did see is in both, I wouldn't call them an obit, but both articles surrounding her death, um, there were, she had no surviving family. Oh, oh gotcha. Gotcha. So my, my guess is that, yes, you have, you know, let's hypothetically say, Hans, you're on a show, but you have Meg, you have a baby, you right. have... 80 pets like you have you have us god damn it you have us but i I think the show was what she did no i mean you do that's just that's uh you you hear that more more often than not about performers like tussling and and finishing their work i mean it 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 makes sense i mean it's like uh it reminds me of like u.s grant finishing that memoir as like (laughs) Oh, it's so intense. Like he had, he had cancer. I think Selma had th- lung cancer. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant had throat cancer, and he finished his memoir. I think Mark Twain wrote about this. He finished his memoir. What he'd have to do is be. He had like, um, like basically like a tracheal <gasps> thing. My throat <laughs> is getting scratchy. He's <laughs> yeah. talking about it. Basically, he had to like lean his head back in order to get a breath and then like push his head forward in order to write like a sentence and continually finish that process. Don't quote me. Something extremely tedious to stay alive and while doing so in order to finish his memoir. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Ooh, dark, dark start. It's like we're starting World War Three here of moroseness. The nuclear fog has descended. Oh boy, the fog of death. Um, but yeah, we're starting that because uh, of the episode, because if you listen to the last episode, we all, well, first of all, we didn't notice Casey and I faux pod and didn't even notice uh, our lovely Selma was missing. Even, and yeah, then no. we all immediately just went, well, she's dead. <laughs> Goodbye. Right. Yeah. Yep, Adios. So, so. No, but so we were surprised, so. Ashley, Hans, did how was your day? Did you have a good night? Court. Court. All right. Thank Please you. rise from the grave, as we mentioned. Because <laughs> uh, Selma's back, if you hadn't heard. Selma's back. Back again. Selma's back. With us, as always, is the haunty witch, Hans Carl Freiwald. <laughs> I'm <like> back! <laughs> the undertaker extraordinaire, Ash Van Gehry. Hello. Baby Paul Bear, Harvey Van Heel. Hello, Wendy, it's The Undertaker. And of course, we have the keeper of the Selma's Crypt, Casey Van Heel. Yes, baby. Episode 21? I loved episode 21, guys. Yeah. I really liked it. It's, and a, I it's a weird did not one. Go in Real weird. I was going to. Um, yeah, it's called World War Three. It's WW3. Quick. Oh, we're so nice, we had it thrice. <laughs> Quick description, 
Uh, we get our old character, because I'm not even reading it, because it was just all spoilers. Basically, our old friend Yakov Korolenko is back, and he brings someone who wants to defect. Oh, yeah, the Twin Towers, the Titans, Lennon and uh, the other guy. Stalin? But they're the brothers. Yeah, Lennon and Stalin, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, so, uh, oh man, I was, I, uh, we'll get to it, but I really, really, I think, you know how Yakov Smirnoff's become, even in our own, like, podcast, but, like, become, like, the butt of a joke because of his Mm -hmm. comedy? He's fucking, he's funny, man. He's a really funny actor, and he really emotes well. Like, he's a good, good actor. Yeah, no, he he was great. I would beg to differ the last <laughs> episode we saw him on, which is why I was not excited for this episode. I think this episode was 5,000 times better than the previous well, one. Well, in Yaka. comparison, like, the previous episode, like, the first thing out of everyone's mouth, or Harry's mouth, is, oh, your English has improved, because if, you know... Ashley didn't forget. He he talked like this. Oh, no. He right, only has right. four words of English, which is really hard and kind of a grating character to watch. I can't imagine perform. But now he's actually speaking. So you get his like jokey. No, it was great. And like he messed up like, you know, what was it like? See you later, Alleghenies. And it's just oh, yeah. like, that's adorable. I like, have a theory based adorable. on that running gag, which is very dark and gross, but we will know being in writer's room and being comedians, I think what the code word for his job was, but we'll get there in a second. Cause it, it's kind of, what? Yeah. What? It's getting cryptic. Uh, well, his, well, the running gag, like, so as we said, Yakov is back and Harry's like, Oh, Yakov, your English has improved so much, but every like fourth or fifth word, was wrong, like, see you later, Alleghenies. Yeah. And he kept doing that, but when they introduced him, his job is he is a spit mopper at Grand Central Station. Right. So I posit that he's actually a jizz mopper at a porno place <laughs> in shady New York City. Thesis. 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 That was it. I was just like, oh, all right. Maybe that was a hidden joke. I honestly, all I could think of was Ramus and Stripes, like, son of bitch, shit. Right, but he was like, I'm a spit mopper. I I just, well, I think like. I'm sure I'm just. I I posit that. Special writer Douglas Kenny on this episode. But A for effort, because when he said that he mopped up stuff like. The punchline was like Selma's like God bless America because he was like I'm learning English so I can work in your you know free free market society. It's like what do you do? I mop up spit. I uh, yeah I know I know. I've seen people spit on the subway platform and it makes me want to vomit. I mean more so okay. in the mornings <laughs> I was extremely yeah. hungover, but that's. Oh, I God. I have seen people spit and it's made me want to vomit, but then I realized that I myself have vomited on a subway. Bus. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Well said. I've been I've been my trusty <laughs> judge over here, Mister Van Heel, uh, was meant to be my lookout while we were on the platform as I was taking a pee into the in on the subway 
as a train immediately entered the station. I, of course, in classic comedy fashion, was looking the complete opposite direction of where the train was supposed to be coming. So you're like, am I good? I'm like, you're clear. And then, whoosh, 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 whoosh. Uh, um, oh, yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, it's so common, and it is with a common... Uh, I notice it's with a group of older people specifically, but I don't need to generalized but there's a group of people especially when i used to live in sunset park that it was just commonplace to just clear their nose like oh, it was not rocket it's not rocket like but like That's it was such as a new common York thing well, you get, the thing about new york is you get napkins with everything <laughs> everything like if you buy a water at the deli they give you a bag of napkins so it's like just She's you get it anywhere she was smiling at him sorry she likes that snot rocket pantomime. She's like, I can get behind that gross stuff. Oh, yeah. Gro- yeah, are you gross, Harvey? Snot rocket? Yeah. Of course. She's a grossy. She's a booger nerd. Ooh, nice. Um, Man, we're, we're, we're getting all turned around. That's my fault, but... Uh, do it's you guys want to know? It's not it's at not. all. <laughs> do you guys want to... I'll take that one. <laughs> do you guys want to start in our favorite place to start? The cafeteria. Oh, the cafeteria. Yeah. And they're yep, serving they're... beans. <laughs> oh, God, this is so... Like, this was the canary in the coal mine for what this episode's gonna be. Okay. So everyone's hanging out. Selma's there. They're doing a crossword puzzle. They don't really ha- have time to do a back and forth, because Harry comes screaming in like a bat out of hell. <laughs> right. With his latest um, mail-order comic book thing. <laughs> Yeah, she's not laughing now. She she loves Harry. Um, so uh, Harry runs up and he's like, guys, guys, guys. And he tosses a handful of, or even before that, he's like, you got to get some heat on him. Warms the worms up. That's and a real like, thing. That's why jump. Did you guys know that jumping beans are just beans with sick worms in them? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. So it's, they're like, are they bean beans? Or are they coffee beans? Uh, they're a type of bean bean. I don't recall them being specifically coffee beans. Um, my friend Adam, ATV, mm-hmm. our old roommate, brought me a, a set of Mexican jumping beans back from Michigan. Michigan jumping <laughs> beans. <laughs> you know, just one of those goofy, like, uh, I got to get something last minute. I told him I'd pick him something up in Michigan. And I drank all the Verner's uh, uh, ginger ale. So, uh, and I, so he brought jumping beans and I, of course... You know, I just cracked it open immediately. It's just this little, like, worm bug that's in there that kind of jumps them around. So they're not Mexican. I don't know what racist thing that we don't really want to know about as to why they'd be called Mexican jumping beans. If you think about it, like, back probably when it became popular, like, a sideshow thing, like like you said, Michigan jumping beans don't quite have the sizzle. (laughs) Right. Ooh, Mexican. It's foreign. It's ooh. I'll take. A, I'll pay for Mexican jumping beans. Yeah, exactly. So old Harry, of course, he's got a good set of of, of old Mexican jumping beans. So he gives him like a a hot set of dice, a hot blow, and he throws them on the table, and they just kind of sit there. Yeah. No reaction. And uh, you know, everybody else is not uh, impressed. Much like the audience, like, oh, great beans. He's like, ah, these, ah, the worms ain't ain't feeling it today. I got another set of beans in the office. 
And then everybody slowly looks over, and we see Bull Shannon like <laughs> just snacking. And Harry goes back to yeah, they're on my desk, and uh, and then of course well, give it to Selma. Yeah, in a little brown bag. And of course, and then, uh, what is Bull? Bull says Bull has a kind of a funny line where he's just like, uh, "You'll excuse like, me." Back. Yeah, right. Like a <laughs> delivery, I should say. And then off he is, and then enter old Mister Corlenko. Can we put a pause in it for a second? Because Bull is literally just eating a, a bag, bag of dried, of dried beans. soup. Dried beans. soup. Thank you very much. That's cr- it, the, the get rid of crazy. the Mexican jumping aspect. It's crazier get than rid the, of the worms. jumping yeah. aspect. Have you ever? <laughs> Bull's a monster. He truly is. Like that would be like that's like eating a sack of rocks. Like just everybody <laughs> go in to your kitchen, grab one dried bean, and don't bite hard because I don't want you to break your tooth. But just c- go down on it a little bit and like press down a little bit. See what eating a. Like eating some Cracker Jacks, a set of dried beans oh, would be God, like. Oh, God, I thought that my teeth just hurt. I was like, Ugh. but hey, it's just bull. Like I said, like you, like we were just saying, it's just, just let it just be beans. Right. Like, why why can't we just see him eating a bag full of dry beans? Well, I mean, I guess that would That's be. just ha- too weird. Harry just throw beans. Yeah, right. <laughs> Harry just have soup beans on his desk. But I feel like if you wanted to. Like, I feel like Harry might be the guy who's, like, trying to perfect his perfect soup. Actually, that might be mm-hmm. a little fun. I could take a little, like, maybe, hopefully in a ne- another season, Harry is, like, taking a cooking class or something so they can replace some of these magic gags with, like, I'm trying to make a perfect souffle. Yeah. And, and Bull's just eating raw off. eggs. <laughs> no, Bull's just eating his fluffy chef's hat. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He's got uh, what's that? What's that disease where? Uh, um, P- P- Pika? Pico? Pika? I don't know. It's a. It's a. Uh, I don't know if the disease is the right word, but it's a mental condition where uh, people are compelled to eat uh, an inanimate objects like dirt and carpet and oh, dryer God. sheets. Like they have to eat. Uh, uh, I don't know. Just they just can't stop eating like like bolts and sh- like just hardware. It's it's a it's a yeah. I'll well, to, yeah, I'll like to put just something odd up on compulsion, like a oh, compulsion. Oh, I yeah. need that nut and bolt in my mouth. Uh, there was a show about my like eating compulsion, and one was just uh, a person who couldn't stop eating cheese and potatoes, which are delicious, but that's all they ate in every form: French fries dipped in nacho cheese. Potatoes all gratin, uh, uh-huh. every form, but that's all they ate. So their cholesterol was like dripping from their, they were physically sick, physically ill. But then you do cut to somebody who's like, all I drink is gasoline. Like these people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so now after Bull's munching on his sack of beans, we do get introduced, reintroduced. And for some of the cast, first introduced. The first time, yeah. I which totally was interesting that. Uh, to bring an old character and even in the show acknowledge that the new characters had not met the old character. It was kind of yeah. I really interesting. liked that. Yeah. Because yeah. it totally course, could have yeah. bree- breezed past it without even mentioning that yeah. neither Billy or Mac were around when Yakov was there the first time. 
But you you lose you lose so many you lose that that uh, dynamic instantly uh-huh. with Mac and Korolenko. Yeah. That's so good because Mac's yeah. just like this guy's Mac ain't having it. Mac hates the communists, of course. But he's yeah because he wants to Americanize them. So yes, we meet uh, Mr. Korolenko again, and he as we said, his English has improved. He's got a job, and he quickly is like, "Oh, Harry!" and he gets introduced around, and he. Then turns and introduces his brother, Ivan, who's visiting from uh, Russia. He's in the Leningrad circus. He trains the bears. He looks and... just like the guy from Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade who uh, gets punched into the propellers of the plane. Oh, yeah. He looks like a villain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Yakov introduces, it with the same sort of familiarity as a family member, uh so-and-so from the KGB. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch the name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the old classic fur. I think, I don't know the name for that Russian hat, but the fur hat yeah. on. Just keeping his distance. And Harry's like, you know, Harry questions why he has somebody from the KGB. And he's like, oh, he's just here monitoring to make sure my brother doesn't defect. Just keep laughing. Which mm-hmm. is really funny. The actor who plays yeah. the KGB uh, uh, agent is super... Mm-hmm. Great. I like him a lot. He's a funny, goofy character actor. I, goofy you know, faces. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. So they're all laughing. And from a distance, he's just laughing like uh, and under his breath. He's like, does your brother want to defect? And Korolenko's like, absolutely. absolutely. And they're just cracking up. Um, uh, and then Harry reveals he cannot help Yakov's brother. Right, you know, and he's like, I don't think I can help you do this. It's out of my jurisdiction, and just like a f- crusty Russian. Out the door he goes. Yep, and then old Max steps in and goes, "I know a guy." That he passes along a number, and you're like, "Ah, oh, Max, the best." Yeah, yeah, Mac knew somebody in what the immigration office, maybe or something. Maybe that's yeah, that's a what it was. Yeah, to uh, Quan Lee. Um, yeah, um, and then uh, they're leaving. And then yes. Dan comes in, and Yakov is like, hello, remember me? And he's like, of, you know, of course, you psychopaths. Uh, and breezes he by introdu- him. Yeah, breezes by him, and he introduces himself as Perry Mason to the brother Ivan, just because he wants to get by. And then Dan stops long enough to insult the KGB member. Which he says, and help me here, hey, how you doing? Nice hat. The cement looks here to stay. Yeah. Or he says, doesn't he say, like, hey, you KGB? And he goes, no, I'm, you know, um, cultural efficiency expert. Yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cement looks here to stay. What does that mean? I do not know. Does it does it have a reference to how, like, KGB members get rid of uh, um, opposition? Like, cement shoes? Or was it like the, his hat looked like a block I think of maybe cement? He literally just meant the his hat in the furry wooly. I think like a cinder block. Either way, not that bad of an insult, right? Unless you're Russian, somebody yes. gets listed. I loved. I thought that was so perfect. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, and so so like but, an old villain, he pulls out this pen out of his coat and clicks it. Takes out his little piece of paper and with his evil look just looks around the room and goes, Perry, 
Mason. It's perfect. It's like the Simpsons cutaway with the dog with shifty eyes. It's like a perfect tag. I really, really liked it. Um, In fact, I would have rather had that come back as the follow-through for Dan than uh, who will find out kind of Dan's story arc through the through the episode. Dan doesn't play a big part. He just gets chased around by... He's got uh, a couple funny gags. He got a couple funny bits, but but I would have been funnier if he was followed by KGB operatives. Yeah. Um, but he the KGB guy is busy, as we find out. And again, a less funny sort of standoff with another character I didn't really care much for. I Whom we're about to be introduced to uh, right now. Boom. Intro's over. So we go over. to the intro. Boom. Back in court, Harry's Harry and lamenting. Mac. Harry's sitting on Mac's desk, just grousing about how slow it is, Mac. So Mac, always prepared, play with this, Harry, and hands him some silly putty. It'll all blow over. And sure and enough, then, boom. Cirque du Soleil, baby. The old oh, yeah, Russian circus. Everybody bursts classic in. You got a clown. Clowns. The bear's not actually in the image, is it? I was, I was, it's, it's he's not there, but... There, it was so perfectly full of random people. I in my head was like the bear was there, right? The clown was there, the trainer was there, the the tall trans <laughs> hey. uh, muscle woman was there. Was she? What was her? I guess we'll get to her. Her name's Elsa Debernovich, which and so she's this woman in like they describe what she does, right? Because Harry's like, and who is this woman? Who is this I, person? My note was the the strong woman. I thought oh, she was in the circus as okay. she juggled her family. That was the joke. Like she gets introduced as the strong woman, and they're like, "So what do you do at the circus?" She's like, "I juggle my family." Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So she's just like comically strong. So why did all these people burst in? What's the what's the overall explanation? Once Harry and Bull shouts and gets everybody settled down. The reason is there was a fight that broke out at the circus, correct? Right. The circus was performing a special event, a yeah. sort of like perestroika, like we're, the Russian circus is coming in to perform for American and Russian diplomats. It's supposed to be a unifying event um, yeah. where people can meet and we can see that the Russians are not monsters, but... It is interrupted because Yakov, in Tom Cruise fashion, descends from the skylight on a rope in right. an attempt to a window, uh, yeah, to uh, abscond with his bro to get them to defect. Right? Yes, he needs to get him away because that was the big thing at the time was, um, performers, particularly like ballerinas and ballet dancers would tour the world and go to Canada or the U.S., and then they just bail. Sure. It reminds me of, of uh, you ever see that movie Moscow on the Hudson, starring friend to the pod Robin Williams' ghost? I don't think so. Is that the one with uh, Schwarzenegger? Or is that no. like Russian Heat? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I don't think there was a Schwarzenegger. <laughs> was there a Schwarzenegger uh, Williams T- team up oh man if only if only in our dreams this was one of the earliest this might have been the next movie he did after good morning vietnam but he played he was i would not doubt if yakov smirnov was his like 
dialogue coach or something. Like he impersonates Yakov Smirnov, plays a, a guy defecting. He was like a trumpet player and exactly what mm-hmm. you're talking about. He defects in New York and then like lives in crusty, you know, this is early eighties New York. So he lives in like a crusty apartment in the Bronx and everybody's miserable around him, but he's like the happiest man ever. Yeah, like he's got a shitty he's... apartment, but he's like, I have food. All he drives a cab like fifteen hours a day, and like, I don't know where I'm getting off, but yeah, yeah, that's where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, the defector thing, because literally at the time, the way he defects in that movie, spoilers, is I there would have been no reason why. All he had to do in that movie is they're in a department store because it was huge at the time for Russians to like buy Levi's jeans. It was like currency. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like that in many countries. Like it's a sought after item. So they go to the department store and everybody's like, oh my God, we're all going to buy these jeans. And all he had to do was run. He like escaped the KBG officer that was watching over this band and he runs into the securities office and all he had to do was officially declare that he wanted to defect, and then that's it. They can't touch him. So really, I mean, I guess I don't know it all that well, but in that courtroom, I think all he'd have to say is he wants to defect. So did Kaiser Commandant Harry? Right. He could have, he could, I think, yeah, Harry could have saved this guy, but he just didn't want the hassle. He's got beans to deal with. He doesn't want to deal, like, he doesn't want these Russian guys crashing on his couch. I was just going to say they're going to end up at his house. Ugh. The guy's a spit mopper. His friend, you know what that means? Circus guy. Maybe he goes spit mopping after one of Billy's exploits. <laughs> spit mopper. Uh, so we find out Harry asked Yakov why he would do something so crazy, and his response is, "Because I couldn't get the A team." So good. And they're like, "Excuse me." And then sure enough, he's trying to uh, employ the services of 1980s A-Team, Mr. T. I can't remember the other actors. Uh, yeah, it's the, it was the, the premise was, if, if you don't know, was uh, it was this platoon of special forces guys from Vietnam who came back to the U.S. and saw the injustices in modern society. So they all went AWOL, so they were on the run from the man. But if you needed help, you could call them. Because they're the eighteen. I wonder if Mac. I want. It would not be out of the realm of possibility of Charles Robinson. You think Mac's guessed, in the eighteen? I think he get. I think the actor guest starred on the show. Not quite as interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he tries saying it our yeah in our Gotham City esque Night Court world. Oh my God! Max the yes. Punisher. That would be Casey. When you get your in, you could do nerds who love comics who still buy physical comics. They would buy a Batman Night Court crossover. That would be amazing. <laughs> or just to play like, because have they, all right, so, oh my God, this is going off the realm, but they, Gotham PD, right? Uh-huh. That was cool. Uh, Snyder, right? Scott Snyder did that? I uh, know that was Ed Brubaker and Greg oh. Rucka. Okay. So it's a cool side look at uh, another aspect of Gotham City. Have they ever focused specifically on the courts the court? of Gotham no, they City? Haven't. They'd all know Harvey Dent. Right? So you already have your characters. You have the criminals that have to go in. Like, that's... If that hasn't happened, I'm I'm amazed. 
And now that we talk about it, that's actually a cool idea that maybe shouldn't be shoddied by totally, <laughs> uh, imp- like totally parody in Night Court immediately off because I'd like read by that us comic. Literally translating instead of Harry, it's Barry. Right. But he knows actual magic. Is that bull or egghead? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, that's actually. Uh, anyways, I would buy that. Either one over crossover with Night Court, uh, Gotham City Night Court, or just a, an actual series. But um, so we find out this fight's going on because of the defection and the KB. Oh, oh, oh! One of the guys, long trench coat, comes in. Yeah, comes up to Harry. Goes, "Hey, uh, yeah, I was there. I saw it all. I, uh, I'm John Smith. Uh, I sell circus tents, and he's winking the whole time." Meanwhile, yeah. KGB, the KGB officer from previous, runs in. He goes, no, 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 he's CIA. I saw him talking into his pen. He goes, hey, I was just cleaning the tip. Maybe spit mopper reference. Go. Spit mopper, but, there you go. Uh, so we find out that you know this whole situation, all of Russia's um, agencies and America's agencies are descending onto this one situation to stop Ivan, yeah. Ivanya, from defecting. And part of it, there were two older diplomats that were also embroiled in the fight. So basically, the cops came in and just snatched up the eight people that were closest to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the older Russian guy, older uh, American dude, got into a a deviled egg fight. Right. (laughs) Um, Are those Russian? Deviled eggs, traditionally a Russian fare? They can't have devil. They're atheists. Oh, got it. So they're Chechen eggs. (laughs) Pickled Chechen Uh, eggs. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah. So and then two diplomats try to high road Harry and big time. And they're like, you don't understand. This is an international incident. You need to let us go. And Harry's like, cool your heels, dudes. I'm in charge. You might be communist, but I'm a national socialist. <laughs> and he Don't does, start he the Reichstag fire on my <laughs> l- floor. Uh, so, yeah, then I think we go to a commercial break after the the CIA, because the CIA guy and the KGB guy are, are feuding. Everybody's kind of in 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 a in a fugue, like everybody's kind of going at each yeah. other, and then they cut from the madness, and we cut into, oh, excuse me, you're one one a couple things before we cut away, and and forgive me if this will just lead up. First of all, we discover that uh, nobody can kind of understand like what's the big deal? Why would someone want to defect? So basically, mm-hmm. Korolenko. Yakov goes, all right, Bull, close your eyes. I want you to imagine you're in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, totally. You Are you imagining? Yeah, yeah. You're still in Wisconsin. Now you're stuck in Wisconsin. No, it's not even you're... Wisconsin. Oh, he, Milwaukee. Specific, Milwaukee. <sighs> Which is so a basically, burn. <laughs> his analogy for what the, be living in the Soviet bloc was is like, if you lived in forever Milwaukee. Right. Like, and everywhere you went was Milwaukee. And Bulls. You and I have been to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's cool. Milwaukee, Madison. Yeah, yo, don't cross <laughs> the line. Yeah. Everybody just tweet at Mitch and ask him about the Milwaukee cross-sections. 
so yeah, so sick burn on Milwaukee. Oh, which is a socialist, which is the first socialist experiment in the United States, correct? I believe so. And, uh, we Until were there got- for a comedy festival and our buddy Mitch knew all about it. Because he was watching, yeah, it was socialist because they only had three channels and one was just informational about Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so then so that we, chills yeah. bull to his soul that he hears that just it's everything's Milwaukee. Oh my God, it's like a racer head. Is, he's going to explode. Um, and then we see that the, uh, the uh, strong woman from the circus yes. has an old spit mop for Dan. She's she's hot. She's hot and horny for him. Big time. Classic bit. Like a, you will remember it in Saved by the Bell quite often, where the strong jock chick wants to manhandle manhandle the boys. So she yeah. says something weird, and I wish Ashley was here because she finds old Perry Mason and she looks him in the eye and she's like, "How did you?" Uh, I'm fine, thanks. He's trying to avoid her. She goes, "Have you ever done it through a velvet bolero?" I thought she said, have you ever made love to Bolero? What does that mean? What does either of the things we I said think, mean? I think Bolero is one of those famous, like, it's like one of the like famous, raucous, like, symphony songs. Oh, like the Russian like Revolution? Some, something, so such and such is Bolero. God, okay. I was thinking we've had, oddly enough, a bizarre conversation on this podcast of what a bolero is, of whether it's a short jacket versus whether it's a bolo tie. Uh, no, because my first thought was the the jacket, and then I was thinking, I think she's referring to the song. Right. Uh, yeah. Is, you know, so I think the gag is like, do you want to make love to death metal music, in essence, you know, like... For a for a hound dog, Dan sure is picky. I know we've seen that over the oh, last. Oh yeah, he's got this tall statuesque Russian after him. Come on, Dan. Beautiful. And Dan, she must be. Do you recall now that I think of it? Because we're well aware that uh, John Larroquette is a tall, tall guy. She did is she very tall. Was she bigger, taller than him? Yeah, I think so. Crazy. Um, I I think she had heels on and her she had big hair, but right. she was still. Like, they did it well. She was looming over Larroquette the entire episode. So that is when we cut. And then we come back to the office. Classic cut from cafeteria to court to office. And you have the two arms negotiators, which I have a little note about. uh, And I have their name. Uh, We have Martin Blasco, which is the Mm -hmm. arms negotiator from the United States. And... Nikolai Karpov, who's the arms negotiator from uh, Russia, and they're kind of going at it, and then all of a sudden, uh, do they come in? At some point, we find out that the, or I think it might be Billy, she says, we got a problem, the the bear ballerina trainer is missing. They Mm -hmm. go, Ivan? So everybody's concerned so now the defector is actually missing and it could be an international incident real quick we have martin blasco is paid played by the actor gordon i was like i recognize this guy i did too yeah gordon jump he plays the taciturn boss from wkrp in cincinnati okay okay yeah yeah so that was like i was like oh yeah i watched that a little bit but i so i was like that's where i recognize him 
Nikolai Karpov, do you recognize him? Played by Leonard Stone. It's like, this guy, this is creepy because I've only seen him in one other thing, but I've seen it a thousand times. And he plays a degenerate car dealer as Americana as apple pie. And here he's playing like this thick Russian diplomat. He is Hank Beauregard from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, shut up. No yeah. shit. Yep, he's the dad. Wow. Doesn't go that much farther from there. It's just like, is that him? Because he's really kind of creepy in this, but uh, and creepy in that. No, he was convincingly Russian. Yes, that's why, I guess that's what it was. He did such a good job that uh, that I was surprised it was actually him when I ended up looking up. So, now, we're international incident. The brothers... Yep, Harry missing. and Billy decide to go find the brother mm-hmm. so they leave the two negotiators in the office alone and harry's like you guys have to stay here basically under house arrest until we figure like, this out hash it out we'll find him don't do anything rash mm-hmm. and so, so to find them they discover they ask bull right mm-hmm. where he's yeah. at and bull's got that kind of face like where he knows he knows something yeah and what does he say? He's like, "I'm sorry, Harry. I can't divulge that information. Spill it, and you're f- spill it, or you're fired." Follow me, folks. Yep. Here we go. Oh, no problem. Um. Yeah. And the two diplomats end up bonding. Oh yeah. Uh. They don't. They don't want. They don't like each other. They're being very jangoistic, and they won't. And then uh uh, WKRP goes to the phone. And calls his wife and has a conversation where he's like, you should stay in bed. You should have stayed in bed. You didn't have to do that. <sighs> Huffs, hangs up, sits down, and then uh, the Russian opens up. Your wife? Yeah. Is she ill? She's She was supposed to stay in bed, but gosh dang it. Like those dingy broads. She got up and decided to clean the house because we were having guests. Oh, my God. And then the Russian has an equally as like. You think your broad's dingy? Mine's dingy. She wanted to make lunch or something. I was just like, oh, God. Oh, my God. That Just those lines. You think your broad's dingy? My broad's dingy? That That is... Yeah. Oh, Ashley just screamed. She just went, yeah, eye roll. She's going to have a lot of eye rolls because I think though just that two line of simple dialogue is a perfect basis for a sketch. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, it's so, yeah. So it's just like, take my wife, please. And uh, let me see if I'm, I don't want to jump anything. Basically, then we're going to eventually find Ivan, but I believe, and I might, it'll go in somewhat of an order. Essentially, it opens up where he's there like, I guess we're not too different. By the way, one time my son drew a couple boobs on the back of some top secret files. How embarrassing. The Russian's like, (laughs) Yes, our families are dingy. <laughs> I was curious because I wanted to, like, I thought all of that could have been half as long. Did you know, like, the bits where they talk about missiles and stuff? Yes, that's It was really, really jargon heavy. And, like, force. Like, he literally grabs one of the American... Played by Gordon, he the, played by Gordon Jump. Literally grabs a dart and just goes, eh, eh, and he goes, yes, 
It looked like one of your C-77 Tomahawk missiles. And he goes, ah, missiles. And they just list missiles. You're absolutely right. Yeah, they list, right. like, military ordnance. And I was like... It's the 80s, either... baby. That's what I wondered, if it was just... That information was so in the zeitgeist. yeah. Like, people watching the show knew exactly what they were talking about. Do you think by the... Like, yes, right. Like, in the papers, like, constantly being reported, like, the Russians are moving, you know, Z, Z-98s to here. And, like, did we just, did the John Q. public just know the sh- names of that ordinance? I don't because know. Because otherwise, right. it just felt like the writer's room got a little research got drunk. a little nerdy, yeah. I wonder if it's not, if it was just, like, I don't know, because I know in the 60s, probably into the 70s it was a lot different but in the 80s prior to the cold war ending or the wall coming down did people in the 80s still think there was a very real potential for a nuclear holocaust if that's the case it's a very fascinating topic when you actually think you're gonna die so you kind of Mm -hmm. like well could be that one, could be that one. You 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 become a little more attuned to a conversation about the missiles if you genuinely yeah, that, feel. Yeah, and that's what I wondered if that was just kind of part of the water cooler conversation, whereas now our shorthand is more tech stuff. Right. Sure. Like, if you looked back on, you know, shows from around now, would it be like, oh, so my IM and my this and the that, and, like, you're talking about RAM and, you know, Gigabyte, hmm. like, just... I just noted, I was like, that's just a lot of information that was, A, not really necessary, because you can just lump all that in with, like, nuclear weapons. It's interesting you you bring that up, because I just finished catching up with Silicon Valley, and they constantly talk about algorithms and stuff that's way over my head, but I've never once felt alienated by it, which is weird. I wonder if, like, yeah, people looking back on that show... We'll just be like, yeah, there's a lot of fucking jargon in there that mm-hmm. I just don't has not is not applicable to Do, my life. Doesn't and doesn't move the story along. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, speaking because it of points, funny. Speaking of points, Ivan's got uh, a set behind bars. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say even before that, there's one more where Dan is doing paperwork. And you just hear like a Russian song (laughs) and you see these two legs come up and like she just languorously climbs over the benches and the gallows like a raptor from Jurassic Park. That's she just gets gets her meaty hooks on Dan. And like I was like, "Ah, that's a joke for Hanson Case. Like I was like, I love this joke till the day I die. She's just manhandling him, like flirting with him and her very brisk yeah rough way and dan just someone i forget who walks by but he just looks up and goes help me yeah so good yeah i love it call the police oh uh, but then we do get to the next really funny bit of where we find out where bull has stashed ivan yes uh which is in the the tombs in the tombs with the gals right away yeah i was i had to rewind it because i was i was daydreaming and uh i look back because i just she just said honey you have to understand prints make you look horny no heavy (laughs) (laughs) just a horny episode (laughs) uh so then uh, oh okay so then they pan out and you see that 
just mm-hmm. this distressed Ivan sitting, head hanging, makeup on, babushka uh, in prison. So Bull dressed, dressed him up like a woman. Quickly gets complimented. Nice work, Bull. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm losing. I got it. Notes. Uh, yeah, okay. Got it. We find out. So then enter Perry Yakov. Mm-hmm. They're excited to find him. Yakov was worried. And he starts talking to Ivan in Russian. And you see his mm-hmm. face slowly shift. It's getting surprised. And Harry's like, what is it? What's going on? He's like, he says he doesn't want to defect anymore. He he misses the pond in Minsk. Yes, the dirt, icy dirt pool outside of Minsk. Which leads uh, to a great bit, because he's like, yes, it's his favorite place in the world. And Bull goes, mine's a hard rock cafe. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's like, <laughs> of, course of course it is, is Bull. I can see a Bull bag of dry eat, beans. Yeah, sneaking rock, in his contraband beans. Sting's guitar. <laughs> Just dreaming of being a Buddy Holly. I've never been to a Hard Rock Cafe. Boned a few shirts. That was a hot <laughs> gift from people who were like, I'm living life. You're stuck in Milwaukee. Have a Hard Rock Cafe shirt of the places I've been. But it's just like a diner, right? But they happen to have like Prince's Boots. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Prince's boots. No, you're totally right, though. Like, it's funny talking about it because it's like, wow, what a dump. I literally could be would be just as interested seeing, you know, the Big Bopper's notes as I would touring a box factory. Like, I could give a sh- like I because like what? It's not like you get to play the bong, play Andy Kaufman's bongos or anything. No, you get to look at, and that was the best about it is there were so many who would have ever thought they would have run out of rock memorabilia, rock but they were getting pretty close. And what that's not fair because as soon as I said Andy Kaufman's bongos, I was like, oh, that'd be pretty interesting to see. It's the same. I guess I guess it's the setting, like because you go to the Smithsonian and they have like the original Kermit the Frog, and they mm-hmm. probably do have. Elvis's boots. I don't know. I'm stuck on boots, but <laughs> saw the boots kid. <laughs> but I feel like th- I feel like Hard Rock Cafe is probably tiered too. Like the Las Vegas Hard Rock Cafe has some Beetle boots, but then you go to the Milwaukee Hard Rock Cafe, and it's like Kenny Chesney's Bolero. Well, it's like you, it's all regional specific. Because I I, oh. I guess my only aggregate for it is. The numerous times that I have eaten, dined in to the uh, Planet Hollywood, Minneapolis. Ooh, okay. And I just remember as a kid, like, you know, they have a couple things, but like they have the little boxy robot from Star Wars and Tom Servo and Crow from Mystery Science Theater because they filmed it in Minneapolis. Yeah, makes sense. You mean the boxy robot that gets its foot burned? No, the little, the one that's literally a, a remote control car with a water pick chassis over oh, the top of it. got it. Yep. Gotcha. That's kind of cool. So you got to imagine, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, there are more rock bands, like, that you may be into. I don't know. I mean, it's too old for that. I'm like, man, the burgers cost $35. Yeah, that's, you're right. I've just lost my imagination and wonder. I don't need to see Mick Jagger's scarf. Um, 
<laughs> so of course, then that leads us to Harry. Like, uh, all of a sudden, the Ivan says one more thing, and Harry's like, he's worried he doesn't want. He's worried he'll never see his pond again. Yakov's like, you speak Russian? Mm-hmm. Classic dad, Harry. I don't yeah. have to. You see, it's hard being away from your home. And it's even harder wondering if you'll ever be back. You see, your brother Ivan, just repeating the same shit until Yakov oh, yeah. turns away, thinks about it. I want to go home too, Harry. Harry, I miss my wife. Oh, yeah. Back to a callback joke from, like, one of the early he episodes in season hack, one. Hack, hack, Harry, makes the same, same exact thank you. joke. Not a callback. Exact same joke. It doesn't work. It's not like we're a new cast member. We're the same audience he, that was- He made it to the same guy he made it to the first time. Yes. Yes. And the joke Do is- Do you know how annoying that is when you meet someone and they make the same fucking joke to uh, you every time? I know you and I do from years of, hey, Hans, is this your friend Franz? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Yes. Ugh. It's like, shut the f- I see you every. I see you every other month, and you. that's all you got? You sure that's not Breshnev is the joke we're talking about. Oh, God. It yeah. does lead to a, maybe this, maybe they were like, how do we get to this joke? Because then it cuts to bullies. Like, you does. see my wife? He goes, yeah. You see her nice smile? He goes, yeah. Nice tooth. So I was great. Yeah. So if it was it was in service to lift that other joke up. No, okay. no, no. You could have gotten that. You don't need the you don't need a setup for that. This goes, he, you can do this. My wife Sonia just goes, Oh yeah, I remember. Yeesh. And then just or you could just cut. Oh yeah, Sonia. Nice smile. Beautiful tooth. You could even do a lateral on the Brezhnev joke and do a like Oh, did she get a haircut and like make a joke that she looks like Stalin? Just pick another ugly Russian leader and oh, make yeah. a joke like she's wearing a new dress or she got a haircut or. Yeah. So Brezhnev was famous for his crazy big eyebrows. You could have made a joke like that. Eyebrow yeah. trim? Um, ugh, nerd E. Uh, so they cut to. We cut back to the court, right? Uh, yeah. Nope. Yep. And hmm. it, it, we get to the resolution. Yes. Harry yeah. is addressing everyone and he said they've come to, they've come to terms. They've figured it out. Uh, Ivan will go home in exchange for visas for, uh, Yakov's wife and son. He says, cause he talked to the embassies, right? Mm-hmm. Something yeah, yeah. that he could have done immediately from the cafeteria. 22, 22 minutes ago. <laughs> right. I mean, that's not fair. We got to add the show, but. Uh, right. <laughs> so the so instantly both KGB and CI are like, wait, wait, you can't do that. These two scumbags. And he's like, call the embassies, check it out. To which, again, I think a joke you'd like Funny as well. Yeah. They they run to the phones. They're fighting over the phone, and the CIA goes, "Fine, I'll just use my pen." Takes out the pen, just starts talking into it. <laughs> Fun character to play. And then we just cut to the arms dealers who have been trapped in this art dealers, the arms negotiators who have been trapped in this room. And they've got a stack of papers and the Russians writing on the table, sweaty jackets off, sleeves rolled rolled up. up. Like they've been exactly tie loose. And he goes, all right. So are you telling me we can have 
The Minuteman deactivated by July 4th, 1989? I don't see why not. Wait, so we've handled the scuds. This is not this paraphrase scuds. We've handled scuds. They basically they just go through all these like variations of how they could um uh implement disarmament and they're yeah, like Yeah, cuz he go there's a dumb gag where where you were totally right where he's like the Russians like okay, you 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 take you dismantle the Minutemen by July 4th, 1989. And he goes, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Oh, right. Better make it the fifth three-day weekend. That's right. And so then they exchange some more jargon. And then the American guy's like, okay, so then if you remove the DC-77s from around the Ural Sea, I think we can have it done by 1997. Because, again, it's all jargon and numbers. You don't really know what they're talking about. And then they both kind of, huh. I think we just solved the arms crisis. They basically have complete nuclear disarmament by 1997. Right. They're looking over there like, do you realize what we just did? They're like, "Uh, I guess so. And then sure enough, Harry bursts in. No, excuse me. Mac comes in and just goes, they figured it out. Very simple, actually. Just goes, they figured it out. You're free to go. And they just take it. Carte blanche. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, get up. Do a little stretching. Go over. Got the the Russians got the sheets in his hand. They go over like, well, see you in Geneva. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. Hi. Say hi to the wife and kids, and they grab their briefcases. They start to walk off, and they go, hop, hop, they hop, go hop, oh, hop. Oh. switch briefcases. Funny little uh, nerdy government gag, CIA gag, and then. I don't know what, how they lead to it, but they're just basically like... No, they kind of... Yeah, you're right. They switch briefcases and they're kind of like, <laughs> just like non-verbal, like, wouldn't that have been funny? Right. They give each other and a big old hug. And then one of them just goes, do you, th- do you think they'll listen? Like, basically, do you think they're going to listen yeah. to this plan? Do you think it'll take? Nah. Crumples it up. One shot. I wonder how many takes this was. One shot. Deep. Swish into the garbage can. Deep three. Deep three. I was thinking this. Do you think that's they just had to get that shot, right? Uh, that's one of those things where, like, at, as a writer, you write it in because, yeah, it's funny, whatever. But when you get to, like, the physical shoot, you're like, why the fuck did we decide to do this? I bet they wasted half of a day. That's what I was with thinking. that guy going, Kobe. I you know, like, just yeah. trying to, like, make the shot. And it probably took an hour. I spent five, like, that's how, I spent five minutes, I was like, all right, so they either just kept doing the shots, or like, I kept trying to see a cut, like, all right, they just have to deliver this line, and they're good, keep your positions, or there's some kind of string device that makes you, like, I was really, I was like, no, the actor just went, they went, you need to make this shot, he went, all right, give me a, I'll go to my, I'll go to the, uh, you know, behind camera, and I'll just try swishing these shots, and then we'll try and get it. Uh, or do you, you think? Do you think they had a alternate where maybe he just got it and they're like, if you miss, you just go. Eh. Maybe they that's had a joke because you didn't. You didn't have to have it. It wasn't that big of a pop. The pop was that they just go meh. No, right. Of course, we're focusing on the wrong thing because I think we've had we've written things in scripts before. Where we go, 
oh, there's it would we can this never is do impossible. that. Like we wrote a basketball sketch and we're like, so full court behind the behind the back. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, like oh okay. Jesus. Uh but that is not our cold tag because what happens is we end up back oh, yeah. in the cafeteria. Oh jeez. Basically we end up back in the cafeteria, our main players. I'm going by memory because I just have one last note of the last bit. It's Yakov and Harry kind of saying their goodbyes and he's he's thanking him so much and he says, Sonia and the kids are on their way over. I don't know how much to thank you. And then in runs Dan. Full sprint. Full sprint. And sure enough, old Elsa runs right by after him to which you hear, and maybe it's not the cafeteria, maybe it's the courtroom. It's No, it's because they run through the gallows. They're in the courtroom. That's what I thought. It's the courtroom. And so it's not frozen after, uh, uh, like, he runs away. It's frozen after, the, the scene ends after he runs out the door, and you just hear the hellish shriek from beyond the gallows to... Oh, yeah. Eh? Cut. Violently molested. Violent. Violent trauma. And that's a funny gag because it's like, oh, she's a tough Russian lady and she's going to she's going to get what she wants. I forget what city it was. I read this news story and it's one of those like, you'll never fucking believe this happened. There was this uh, Russian woman. I I don't I think it was New York. Mm-hmm. She owned like a coffee shop. The bakery type thing like just and she was in there by herself. And this dude with a mask, like classic, like ski mask and gun, comes in to rob the place. Yeah. Um. So this Russian woman now in my head looks like the woman from this. Of course. She uh, refuses. They scuffle. She disarms him and knocks him out. <laughs> she takes him to her basement and ties him to like a soiled mattress, and she like rapes him over the course of. <laughs> like days oh my god there there was an actual that's uh there was a so he's nope. down there screaming and this woman's like oh. <laughs> you try and rob me motherfucker there was a oh no i was gonna i was gonna say there's an actual court case it's an episode of picket fences it was whether or not <laughs> it was whether or not a man could experience rape or sexual rape like sexual exploitation and they had to go through these experiments or it's like a man can get aroused even if he doesn't want to get aroused basically the coroner got dogged by this chick because she gave him the old flick flicky do and got him ready to roll rootin tootin rondy i'm going (laughs) can't help it can't help myself Uh, there it is that is it. One left to go in the season. Woo! The, the one more, baby. Life's this is the penultimate clock. episode of season two. Life's clock is ticking. To our favorite character's demise. Oh, which is God, so weird no, that I... Ashley put that in my head. Uh, it's, it's kind of like, I'm kind of like one of those people, like, I know people who are like, I refuse to watch the final episode of whatever tv show like hmm. i know some people refuse to watch the final episode of breaking bad just because they're like i don't want it to end i don't i kind of want in my mind it to be frozen in time doesn't make sense to me that's psychological whatever. yeah because that, then it's okay. so i'm kind of like maybe if, if i don't watch the final episode 
Like the four day clock starts when we finish the episode. Like it has this very like macabre sort of horror movie. That is what there's a psychological study about that, right? They do mention it. I have Silicon Valley in the brain where it's like, if you don't, so it's a, it's an experiment. There's a, a, a guy comes in with a box and he says, there's a mouse in the box. Is it alive oh, it's, it's or a, dead? Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Excuse me. Cat. Uh, if you don't open the box, the cat's always alive. But if you open the yeah, box, yeah. it might be That's dead. Exactly Therefore, you killed the cat. If we so watch this last episode, we we're responsible. Schrodinger's Selma. Schrodinger's Selma. So you just listened to the last episode of Have a Good Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> you assholes just don't want to. Been... You want to get out of seven more seasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We've invested a lot of our life into this. Oh yeah, got to keep going. For we do it for the for her for the love. honor for the love. All right, you want to rate uh, it? Uh, gavel bang. Let's I do it. Say. Gavel bang. Um, it was a good episode. It was fun. It was weird. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna say seven. Hmm. I had a feeling you were gonna go seven. I'm going eight. Uh, I I just I. I was, I just was happy watching this episode. I really liked, like what we talked about earlier. I thought Yakov was super funny. I was like, I'm gonna go back and watch some of his stand up. I because mm-hmm. I really again, there's that butt of the joke thing. But if if I'm to make that joke or listen to that joke and not give him due credit to watch his stand up, which could be terrible. Yeah. I don't know, or it could be just so of its time. But like. From what I saw here, he's pretty funny. I don't know if the laugh is part of his act. That's not my favorite thing. I don't. I. I. It's like I remember seeing his stand up as a kid. I feel like now, it seems more like a one man show type because he is a he's playing yes. a character. So right. it's like if you look at Andrew Dice Clay through mm-hmm. that prism, you're like, oh, that's not him. He's playing a character. You're like, oh, this is funny. Like this is a goofy, really weird character that you've yeah. created and i would feel the same way with yakov Shmirnov, as opposed to like i have watched gallagher specials right. and they <laughs> are awful <laughs> throwing the dried beans at the, at the united states <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like they got feeds them to bull and hold bits them at texas <laughs> uh sorry um, but yeah i that's a, such a good point yeah with if you take away the big old bam boom she said on a mushroom, like if you take away the character and just realize that the like it go go to like all comedy sh- short storytelling, which might be what a show is now. Like mm-hmm. Yakov Smirnov has crazy stories about what it's like to live in Russia. And he's a funny dude. So I bet his stories are insane. Because didn't he do the comedy seller like back? Sure. When people would slit their wrists just to spend a, a day back there, like right. he was in the thick of it. Yeah, he was he was hustling. Like I I don't know, you know, like but he got brought down in the same way for a time. Uh, oh shit! Now I can't think of his name. Bobcat Goldquate. Gold. How do you say that sure. guy's last name? Like they were like Goldthwaite. Goldthwaite. We don't like like the the hardball comics. Like they're like we don't like a gimmick. 
you know, enjoy your limelight, but it's eventually we're going to destroy you within the community. In my in in my purview, oh, man, is, what, yeah. is what I no, feel it, like. You like see you're a totally, I, yeah. I'd be curious what Yakov's comedy is like now, because I've listened to through um. There's that podcast Harmontown, mm-hmm. and Bobcat Goldthwait has been on that quite a bit, and he has some of the funniest stories. Yes. Because he's a great comedian, mm-hmm. but he's an excellent storyteller. So he just tells these crazy stories about him being at like a like the f- feast of the juggalos with you know, and like right. just watching some guy driving a golf driving his golf cart get hit in the face with a can of Fago and like driven <laughs> off the road. Like just these surreal Um so I was sure Yakov has the same thing. He moved like the most famous people in the world. Yeah. Yakov gets he, in ten in life, ten gavel oh, bangs, yeah. rusky Hell bangs. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna Ash, go. I'm gonna go eight. Ash says seven, 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 eight. Ooh, I'm sorry. two sevens. Hmm. Hmm. It was yeah. a good episode. It was, it was a very fun episode. It's like a missile, a seven seventy eight. <laughs> oh, the old seven seventy eight. It looks like a dart. Ugh, I did not like that. Anyways, um. Yeah, not bad. We got one left to go, yeah, baby. One I am left, baby. I am a man of deadlines and sharp conclusions, so I love having uh, an end of a season in sight. I'm excited because and and it's yeah, not, me too. And, and I mean, this is obviously before the era of like like you were just talking about a Game of Thrones even season conclusion where they like. Mm-hmm do wrap up some stuff that they've been pointing towards towards the season and then really yeah. open some stuff up to expect next. This one's just going to be, you know, I have yeah, a feeling like I, the, I couldn't tell you, but I think there's gonna be like, all right, you know, classic standalone episode, maybe with an, maybe with an art or something. I don't know. But I mean, if, if for anything, it's going to mean, uh, I need to give some, no, yeah. I need to take We're on not going to get a meaningful, yeah exit of a character or any sort of right well yeah right exactly means i need to make 20 maybe bucks. i could be wrong but i read the i read the episode description and i went sheesh uh, has to do with a woman in a wheelchair oh shit yes i haven't watched it but i i thought i instant will t- get all into it that maybe this one will go down in the annals of classic Woman in wheelchair episodes like that horrendous uh, one of Saved it, by the like, Bell. Oh. Um, oh man, yes, I cannot wait to get into it. Things to look forward to. Maybe we'll let's defect from this episode. Let's defect. The night is long and full of weirdos. Have a good night. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Before you go, get your bag of dried beans. Please know that we thank you for listening to the pod. And if you dig the pod, go back and listen to other episodes. I might be hitting the mic here. And uh, uh, not just listen to other episodes, but watch the show and and play along with us. Uh, We also have our main podcast, Jerk Practice, also available on 
Apple and Google Play and those platforms. Uh, and if you would, give us, a, give us a nice rating, maybe a review. That helps other people find the pod. We got one more Selma, guys. And it's going to be oh so sweet. Bittersweet. Just like the, the lady herself. Night Court. Hey, guys, what you doing? We're waiting for Harry's little pals and the jumping beans to start performing. Must be a defective batch, sir. Yeah, could be. Well, not to worry. I got another bag of them on my desk. Oh. A little brown bag? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You'll excuse me. 